0: What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who loves a crestfallen, former number one overall quarterback, (laughs) a.k.a. the Run DMC, a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and by the man whose pending trades are always public. I know who he's going for. I'm talking about at DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe,
1: Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty good, Max. As a uh, the one of the resident uh, Baker Mayfield apologists, uh, it's been fun to see some of the news as of lately. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see if we get a Baker Mayfield landing coming anytime soon, because as you said, can't quit them. Can't quit them yet. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Got some rumblings going on, and that's that's the fun of the offseason, getting to see some of the smoke. Uh, and where there's smoke, there's some fire. That is not the only one, because you famously
0: love Jameis Winston, another former one. Uh, that's true. For reasons I will never understand. Um, yeah, so Jameis makes the cut there too. Mike, how you doing, buddy?
2: Good man. Yeah, Dan, you certainly cannot quit Baker. I, I'm sorry, you know, definitely it's a it's been a tough road this off season, but I uh, I definitely think you crossed a line the other day when our group chat. You said that you would maybe prefer him over Mac Jones. I uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> depending on the that's, hey, that's the fact just that he me. was guaranteed as a starter. But yeah,
1: you're right. Again, I understand. True. I have a problem. I feel we have a support they, group. We meet every Thursday. We get through this exactly. together.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely we'll work through this together, bro. <laughs>
0: Dan has already refused a one show sheet version of Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. Hopefully we'll dig into that later <laughs> in the summer. That, that is true. I That's know, another one I know where Mike and I, I know where our hearts lie on this one. Uh, you might know
1: since I just traded my only share of Jack, Zach Wilson away as well. So I, 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 I think it's darn close, but I think you also <laughs> What'd know you what you get for him? a little bit. What'd I, you I, get I, for I got a little bit of a, of a haul there. A couple, uh, two first round picks and no offense and t- tight end premium. I'll take it all day, baby. Gave away mm-hmm. a second along with it. I'm uh I'm I'm happy about the value.
0: Well, we're gonna be talking some tight end premium tonight. We got a great show queued up, but to get it out of the way so we can get into the fun stuff, tweet of the week at Tomlin So we will put that in the show description and get it up on Twitter. But let's dive into the fun stuff. So had a startup. We were hoping to record this show last week, um, but just timing did not work out. So this startup probably concluded roughly two weeks ago. And that timeline is going to be important when we get into at least one of these picks. Uh, So wanted to make sure I set the stage there, but shout out to Christian West, who I know listened to the show and were in this startup with me. So gentlemen, I built a little bit of a different team than I usually build. If if you saw this draft board, you might not easily recognize my team here. So what I would love to do with you guys tonight is just walk through my picks, my strategy, get your reactions, hear what I got right, hear what I got wrong. But also, if you see anything ridiculous along the way that you either love or hate, feel free to point it out. So let's get it kicked off. I didn't have a first round pick. So if we wanna talk about anything in the first round, it's not gonna be anything I did. Uh, My MO in startups the last couple of years, trade out of the first round as much as I can and try to grab a mix of startup picks and picks in the future. So that's what I did. I will open it up to you, Mike. Is there anything in this first round that catches your eye as great pick, bad pick, risky pick? I would love your thoughts here.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, when I look at this first round, um, you know, everything seems to be pretty much steady as far as where guys are going um, in order. I think that I wouldn't think that anything is too crazy egregious Um, within this first round. I definitely, you know, I see a pick at the 111 with Brees Hall already, you know, banking on him as a first rounder. Definitely. That's a good bet. It could very well happen. I I see that, you know, Javante Williams was on the board there. So that's probably where I would have gone. And I will say um, I see a bit of a value here in that Kyler Murray fell all the way to the 112, which everyone knows I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan. I definitely think, you know, the guys that went in front of him, it's not ridiculous for Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson all go before him. So it just puts him at the uh, the QB six there. But I definitely I love I love whoever uh, pick, was able to pick him up at the 12th 12th pick. That's pretty solid
0: yeah we had a steady steady player on the end here didn't trade any picks just steady turn picks the whole time made made a couple good value draft picks dan i'll give you a word on the first round if you have one before we get to my first pick
1: yeah no i uh, I, I wouldn't belabor anything there i think mike pointed out probably the uh the two picks towards the very end of the draft uh a real big swing with breeze hall who could be fantastic uh and then seeing kyla murray uh fall that far I think you see both Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray falling uh, quote-unquote falling they're still in the first round but falling that far just because there's been some contract uh kind of buzz right are they going to report to camp etc so I would probably even say those guys would have gone sooner in the process ahead of some of the wide receivers here if that news was a little bit more concrete right so I think you're going to see that these are some some nice values at the back end of the first for a super flex draft
0: All right, so here's where we get to the fun stuff because I did have two second round picks. And so in front of me, I see Kyle Pitts, who is still going way too high in startups. I cannot get over this.
1: Nope, that is Um, correct. We will talk about that in another show. That is a good at the two.
0: (laughs) Goes at the 2-1 in tight end premium in front of me. Cooper Cup off the board. Dan's boy, Javante Williams. And I had this pick circled on my draft board. It was 100% a part of the strategy. And again... Put, put yourself in a time machine. I made this pick probably three and a half weeks ago. None of us are lawyers. Let's not get into that. Deshaun Watson comes off the board. Now, yep. was I feeling great about this at the time? Absolutely. Am I feeling great about it now? Eh, not so much, mm, no. but I, the reason I had him circled and part of the strategy here was if you're going to absorb some risky picks, like it's not the, it's not the only one I made in this draft. We'll get to a couple others later. Um, I want some stability, right? I want I want the roster to be able to absorb some of the risk while just gu- gunning for that upside. And so Watson off the board here, let's pretend it's three and a half weeks ago, a guy that even, you know, mild suspension or suspended for an entire year, you know, that's we still have no clarity on the situation, but a guy that when he's on the field has pretty much been a top five quarterback, I felt good about the risk here. I mitigated some of that risk with my pick at the end of the second round. This pick was not planned. I remember texting you guys, and I was like, if this player falls, I don't know how I can't take him. I didn't want to start quarterback, quarterback, but here we are. Russell Wilson off the board at the 212. Dan, I'll give you first first shot at this. Good value at the QBs? I mean, it's not how you and I normally construct our teams, yep. but what do you think there. here?
1: Um, so let's, let's maybe work uh, backwards there. I think you definitely got a a blessing in getting Russell Wilson where you did. Um, The situation he's being put into is he's being set up for success, and he has already been a successful quarterback. So to be able to pick him there at the end of the second round, uh, again – you never know how the uh the the draft is going to shake out right so it now looking back you almost got a little bailed out just given what's going on with the deshaun Deshaun watson situation there i think that's a fantastic pick uh and what you're afforded the opportunity to do when you trade out of the first round and gather multiple second third fourth round picks etc right so awesome to be able to see that there um, the Deshaun Watson one again, I think you were texting with us saying, Hey, this is the plan. This is what I'm going in. How we feeling. And even at that time, just given the situation again, we are not lawyers, but the, uh, there was a lot less smoke, uh, in fire after, uh, everything that had gone on with his uh, court hearing. Now we're seeing some different stuff. Who knows where it's gonna, gonna land. It's, I would be hard pressed in my personal opinion with having Watson there but also seeing that Dak Prescott was still on the board and making the decision between those. Because as you said, Deshaun Watson has top five upside. So does Dak Prescott. He has a fantastic uh, surrounding cast. He has done very well outside of his one year where he had the the ankle injury. Uh, And he bounced back pretty successfully. Still fairly young, too. So that would have been the only one that, in my personal opinion... Knowing that you're still chasing upside, but you wanted to mitigate a little bit more risk, I would have maybe pushed the button on Dak Prescott uh, if I were between those two guys and looking to draft a quarterback in that uh, second round. Still, I think there's plenty of opportunity to see how this shakes out, but that would have been the one kind of hard decision for me to make there.
0: And that is a fair critique. I will not pretend this is a bulletproof statement, but I want to say Both Dak and Russell Wilson, because sometimes you got to play the board, right? We're looking at how the board shook out. We're not looking at sleepers' rankings at the time. Dak and Russ were in that same area of the draft. So as a fallback plan to offset some of the risk, you're right. I could have gone Dak where Watson was. That was pretty much where he was projected to go uh, in the sleeper rankings. But you're right. It would have definitely been a safer play. Um, You know, Watson a couple years younger, but at the quarterback position where you both know guys are franchise cornerstones i don't think it makes a difference so willing to accept the criticism um but i i I definitely am still happy with the value uh, especially of russell wilson knowing that there's no problem he's gonna be not be you know having any off the field issues or anything like that right now yeah and it's Um, all about cost
1: averaging right at the at the value you got both of those guys together you got two quarterbacks at, at at solid values and super flex sometimes that's all that matters doesn't matter who came earlier or later
0: and we, we will continue because the picture gets clearer as the draft goes on too. Again, all part of the plan. So we round the corner and I get sniped in the third round and I saw some running backs. This is the, this is the third round was where like Mixon, Cook, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, all guys that I really don't, outside of maybe Mixon if he had fallen, want to spend a third round startup pick on right now. Uh, And I probably should have mentioned this up front. The goal of this team was to definitely be able to compete this year, but also win for years to come. So like a mixed balanced roster, right? Which is not always how I build my teams. So I got sniped. Um, Shout out to Logan, who I'm pretty sure listens to this show. We play in a bunch of leagues with him, took DK Metcalf right from me. He was my target, but luckily I had a fail safe and that was T Higgins. So got T Higgins in the mid third round. And then the fourth round was where I was going to go on a slew of running back picks. And Mike, I want your thoughts on this because this is maybe a risky pick, maybe a high upside pick. All depends on what you think of the player. Saquon Barkley at the 404. This was another pick I was texting you guys. And I was like, if he's there, how can I not walk away from the draft with him on my team?
2: Dude, I I, I just completely agree with with what you just said there that if he's falling to the fourth round, and his, he's had plenty of time off to get things right. He had a fluke injury at the last uh, end of last year, or, or I should say pretty much halfway through last year that was unrelated to the previous injury. I just think that people are definitely overlooking how much tread uh, Barkley could still have on the tires here. Like you said, it's definitely going to be risky. You make up for it with some of the picks that you make um, right after here with stocking up on a bunch of RB options. But, you know, I think that if anyone comparing him to the guys that are around him, you know, going around him. I'm not taking Travis Kelsey um ahead of him in the 4th round. Um Drake London decent pick there, but we're still talking Saquon Barkley at a point in the draft where running backs tend to fall off right after the 4th or 5th round as far as starters. So, you know, DJ Moore, I would probably that's that's a tough one too. I'd probably go Barkley over him. So, um I like what you did there and uh yeah, I can't really can't really blame you.
0: And that's that's really the theme of this draft guys is you're going to see I I had an idea of how some of this stuff could shake out and once I made that initial trade and I think I might have done one other trade to collect some draft picks I knew where the pockets of players I was looking for. I knew I was going QB early. I knew I wanted a cornerstone wide receiver. T Higgins just happened to be kind of the last of that tier for me, so I was lucky to get him there. And then I do go on a run of running backs and Took J.K. Dobbins at the four six, and took a pick at the end of the fourth round that I know Dan's gonna have some thoughts on. And Dan, I had this circled to throw <laughs> your way, Antonio Gibson at the four twelve as the resident Antonio Gibson is overrated member of the show. How do you feel about this one?
1: I at this point could probably say that there's some value in that pick. I. Still, probably wouldn't be taking him with even looking at what I probably be taking a Cam Akers over into an Antonio Gibson. I might, and that's I, that's honestly, I think, is a, a fairly fair statement because then you're really getting into uh productive but much older running backs, right? You got your Leonard Fournette, you got your uh Aaron Joneses, all those guys, great, but he's the uh, Antonio Gibson and Cam Akers is some of the last like. Productive in some fashion, but are still young enough to want to put on your dynasty roster. And at the 412, I I can't entirely fault it. Uh, I think he's at least coming a little bit aligned with what his value is. I still just, I am hard pressed now seeing what um, the commanders have done this season with bringing McKissick back bringing Brian Robinson, who is going to steal touches, especially goal line touches from Antonio Gibson, who Antonio Gibson had a decent amount of goal line touches and converted those into fantasy points uh, for the past two seasons. I would be worried about his long-term output. Uh, If I'm taking him here, I personally am handcuffing him with someone like a Brian Robinson to at least just control whatever the future fate of that backfield is. Um, But overall, I, I don't hate it. Um, I still don't like it because Antonio Gibson is on your team, but at least <laughs> since you took him at the value that you did, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too sad about it. Couple things
0: here, and then I'll get Mike's thoughts as well. Um, uh, normally, I'm taking Cam Akers here. The problem mm. is there's enough risk with Cam Akers, and I own him on every team. And because I own him on every team, all a lot of teams went down in flames last year. Yep. I was kind of like. They're in a similar tier for me. And, you know, not to, I hate when people make the whole stock analogy about Dynasty, but definitely trying to make some teams look a little different. Sure. I will say Mike and I, I mean, it's been not weeks, Dan, it's been months of Mike and I trying to get via text to the bottom of your Gibson hatred. (laughs) And I was doing some thinking and I think I finally figured it out. And it's, it's a little bit of a callback. And I just realized that maybe a year, year and change ago, we're having a conversation about Gardner Minshew and your love for Minshew mania. And I forgot that as we were talking about Gardner, this came up, I was talking about Gardner and, you know, how he was pretty cheap and affordable and you don't have to get much to get him. And this was kind of what happened when we brought that conversation up. I mean, where you were taking him in startups or any pay any, you know, price you paid for him, he wasn't hurting you. Um,
1: but, he but hurt I think me a little we have bit, Max. He hurt me th- a little bit. I sent I sent uh, Antonio Gibson away for. Uh, oh no, Dan! I did in one league. Uh, it's it hurts. And on top of that, do you know who I also sent along with them? Oh, I'm not Hertz. even sure I want to hear it after that. Jalen Hurts and Antonio Gibson. Oh my goodness! you didn't even tell me this, before. J- I show, know. I was ashamed, kept Max. I was ashamed. Theory. I couldn't. I did get Paris Campbell. In the okay, mix. so I did I did okay. salvage it that way a little bit, but That's that one is a little roster clogger for <laughs> oh, <him. no. laughs> He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. Listen, I love yeah, Paris Campbell been... just wanna see
0: him stay on the field. Oh
1: judging man. by the <laughs> way we're
0: all laughing as far away from our microphone yeah. as we could. I oh, think we God. finally got and shout out to you, Dan. I mean you are the best co-host a guy could ever ask for because I pull this stuff with you all the time and you are an absolute champ. And thank you for not leaving the show.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, you got to be brutally honest. You got to own your own, your W's and own your L's, but um, maybe, maybe subconsciously somewhere in the back of the recesses of my brain. That might be Sigmund uh, Freud has unlocked. (laughs) There's something there. There's something there, but no, I, um, again, to close it out, Gibson, good, good, solid value here. I'm just worried a little bit about uh, the the future with him, as I have been for season over season. But also, he's continued to disprove me season over season. And I own that as well. I know he's done pretty darn good for your fantasy team over the past two. I just don't know if he's going to become what people want him to. That's my thought.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we are 20 minutes into the show. And I told you guys this was going to be a 30 minutes or less or it's free show. So (laughs) I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. I did not have a fifth round pick. So unless there's one pick that you guys either absolutely loved or hated in the top five rounds that you had circled, I say we move on to the sixth
1: round. Yeah, I'm pretty good. They it's pretty good par way. for the course.
0: All right. So this is where things got fun. I don't know how this player is available in the sixth round. I really don't. I see mock boards posted on Twitter. I see sleeper rankings. I see all, ca- or, sorry, not sleeper rankings because sleeper rankings was what got him here, which is bizarre mm-hmm. to me. But anywhere you look, he's pretty much going higher than this. I took Justin Fields at the 6'10", and I feel fantastic about it. Absolutely fantastic. I am not giving up on Justin Fields. I think he still possesses the mobility that can make him a hugely valuable fantasy asset. And I'm just not willing to write a guy off. If we're making excuses for Zach Wilson, if we're making excuses for Trevor Lawrence, if we're making excuses for all those guys then I'm making excuses for Justin Fields and I feel good about it. Any thoughts there? Because I also don't have a seventh round pick.
2: <laughs> you pretty much <laughs> nailed sweet. it, man. One, he should have never fallen that far. Um, and like you said, sleeper ADP could come into that a bit, but just it, you laid it out perfectly. Why are we making excuses? I know that, you know, Zach Wilson has a has a revamped, quote unquote, revamped offense. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to deal um, with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, urban meyer anymore has doug peterson coming in um but justin fields doesn't have to deal with Matt nagy anymore so you know it's it's i think there's huge upside here especially this really makes me feel a lot better about your watson pick in the second round because i think that fields has he has top 12 top 10 upside if everything goes right and it doesn't even necessarily need to go right on the football field as long as he's using his legs enough for fantasy so
0: I believe he was a QB one for the last five games he played because of that mobility. So absolutely. You know, I definitely had him circled, especially in that draft area, but to offset some of the Watson risk, I even, even when Deshaun Watson was looking far less murky than it is right now, I was ready to backfill that position. So going through the seventh round, Moving on to the 8th, because again, traded out of the 7th. So this is where I started to double up in a lot of these later round picks. So Mike, I'll give you a quick thought on this. I mean, when we were texting, I think you loved Chris Godwin at the 804. Was I right?
2: You are definitely right. And uh, I had alluded before recording that I had a a screaming value in this draft. And I 100% think it was Chris Godwin here. I can, let me just go through the list of guys, if you don't mind, of guys absolutely went before him, uh, and I would definitely take him over them. I think Judy and Sutton, I would take Godwin over both of them. Um, Mike Williams, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, I really like, but I would probably still take Chris Godwin over him. Um, Keenan Allen, just because of the age. Sky Moore went really early. I like Sky Moore, and I think he has potential to be a good player, but people are kind of pretending and and I think I had given juju some crap earlier this offseason and have kind of come around to the idea that he could be really good this year so I just I <laughs> finally you're making some sense definitely. definitely so but yeah that is a large handful of guys that somehow managed to squeak by Chris Godwin just because he's probably gonna miss you know the first he could easily miss the first like three four or five games but I don't care he's 26 years old and just signed a big contract so yeah he's he's a
0: beast. Absolutely a beast, and I don't even care. I mean, this roster will get through the rest of it or as much as we can. Um, I don't even need him to play until midseason, even yep. if he's not healthy until midseason exactly. or not 100 this year. Um, I, I'm glad you thought it was a value, Dan. I'm going to give you a shot at the trio here. So moving to the turn, the eight twelve, the nine one, and the nine two. I got to make all three in a row. First one was a pick I didn't want to make, but the league wouldn't let me not make it. Kenny Pickett at the 812, only first round quarterback in this crop, surrounded by massive weapons in a fantastic organization. Amari Cooper at the 901. And Alan Robinson, newly minted Rams wide receiver at the 902. Dan, the floor is yours.
1: So I think, yeah, across all three of these, I think they are solid value. Kenny Pickett, I'm still I'm having such a hard time figuring out. I think he made the right move. It's super flex. He fell um you you take the pick you you take the best player available and you convert it to value later on if you don't need it because I think as we'll discuss you probably don't need Kenny Pickett on this team and you could find a way to be able to actualize that value elsewhere because I think as soon as you get closer and he's lighting it up in camp you're going to get that hype and because I think it's it's very murky for people right now they're seeing um Trubisky there uh, and and pick it kind of splitting on the reps and everything. Be interesting to see how that plays out, but I think it's good value all the same in Superflex. Uh, Cooper, it's going to be interesting because again, you have that opportunity to get that stack with Deshaun Watson if that does kind of come to fruition, right? Uh, so it's always just fun to be able to 2023, have that there. Twenty twenty three, yeah, we'll um, have that. It, stack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be a fantastic future stack. Um, but I, I really do think, in my opinion, um, the best value here is Allen Robinson. Uh, I think at that point, you get have him going on to an explosive offense. Uh, and we saw his issues last year. Like, just don't look any further. Look at how many times he was targeted. It was stupid. It was absolutely stupid. I think he went from like 100-something to 65 or whatever it was. It was atrocious uh, how few targets he got in that offense there. So now going to literally one of the best offenses in the NFL in and uh, one that reignited Odell Beckham's uh, relevance because he's just started to, to do fantastic there. I think you're going to see Allen Robinson do uh, really, really well. I think he's going to be someone that is going to benefit from uh, a field stretcher like Cooper cup who can really uh, kind of pull off and off defenses away and just run away with it. So I think to be able to, again, get that double tap with Amari Cooper and especially Allen Robinson, I really do like the value there.
0: I've learned all my lessons the hard way from, from the, all these leagues over the years, guys. And it's like, I'm looking at a, at a, at a one to three year window with Allen Robinson, right? I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's not going to play forever that, you know, body style compared to the their body type compared to the smaller wide receivers doesn't typically age as yeah. gracefully i'm looking at a one to three year window and if if he's lighting it up and for some reason my team is bad this year i'll just trade him no nope, no big deal he's he's totally. gonna be awesome in that offense um i actually thought the next pick i made at the nine ten really interesting value here and you know i already got my you know i kind of have my cornerstone wide receivers and T. Higgins being the young guy, Godwin being kind of the, the middle-ish aged guy, and then filled out the back with Amari Cooper and Robinson, but went back to the well-on running back. Miles Sanders. I mean, how far he has fallen. I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire went over him. James Connor went over him. Tony Pollard's not even the starter. He went yeah, before yeah. Miles Sanders. I like Tony Pollard, but he's not the starter. No. Ezekiel Elliott's mm-hmm, the no, starter. Exactly.
1: There.
0: And miles Sanders zero touchdowns last year but on a per touch basis was still an explosive running back when he's on the field so I thought that was an interesting pick just a guy a couple of years ago was probably going in the top three rounds of a startup Mike do you look you look like you want to say something there. yeah
2: I, I definitely just the value is insane here but I'm curious I want to kind of put you on the spot. And see, this is usually what you're doing to us. And I'm curious, did you consider Damian Harris at all in this spot of Mm -hmm. the draft?
0: I didn't. Honestly, didn't. Um, And there were some Patriots running backs that I was going to target later, depending Mm -hmm. on where the draft fell. But that backfield is so murky. I know it's become a cliche in fantasy right Mm -hmm. now, but like the most expensive guy is not the guy that I want to be investing in. I like it. um so yeah was not considering damian harris at all even though i do like the player just at the cost in this range i'll take miles sanders i mean if jalen hurts takes the next step and miles sanders can be healthy like look out yep
2: get some touchdowns on there
0: absolutely so yeah moving on to round 10 this is where i trolled the league a little bit um (laughs) i took Ryan Tannehill at the 10, 10. So this was my fifth quarterback off the board. Listen, if they're going to keep serving it up, I'm going to keep hitting it. All right. that's fair. And just as the insurance slash upside policy at the 10, 12, I took Malik Willis and I still, I get it that he went in the third round, but we're not that many years removed from Josh Allen being the super raw guy with a cannon who can make everybody miss with a juke move. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't get it. So I'm shooting for the upside. I took Malik. If Tannehill works out great. If not, I got the next thing up. Let's just hope he plays some snaps someday. Um, And then at the, at the 1101, I took the guy whose Jersey I'm wearing right now. Jaguars number one wide receiver because LaVisca is half running back uh christian kirk (laughs) and christian kirk was another guy flashback a year probably going a couple rounds earlier in the startup right had a pretty good season last year with the cardinals um i'm not willing to write him off he was a great prospect i was looking for wide receiver depth here and i like it when you look at the guys i mean there are some other upside guys that went in this round Um, You know, David Bell is somebody that I know Dan and I love that archetype that finally got the draft capital. Um, But I mean, we're talking Alec Pierce, Calvin Ridley's not even going to play this year. I mean, give me Christian Kirk. He's still like 24, 25 years old. So double down on the former Cardinals superstars on the way back. Friend of the show, Alex Tortai, when I told him where I took this player, he thought I was lying. (laughs) To crows out round 12, Chase Edmund. And I get that it's a murky backfield. So I'm kind of contradicting what I just said here, but a guy who's been ultra efficient his whole career, Dan, you have your finger over your mouth. Like you've been thinking a lot about saying (laughs) something.
1: No, 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 no. This is this is good because I, I I think probably Alex sort I had a issue with it because you could, took uh, Chase Edmonds over Tyrion uh, Davis Price, who is his boy. So I, I, I yeah, uh, we didn't uh, talk I, about that part. Uh, fair, fair. Um, but I, I I like the Edmonds pick again. I think yeah. you at a certain point you have to invest in in murky backfields, right? That's why you try and do running back earlier on, like you did. You did like a, a trio of running backs. Um, in the third round, if I'm not mistaken, excuse me, fourth round. So now you get to start investing in, okay, who who could kind of come out on top? Um, I always hate saying follow the money because that's led me astray uh, before. Uh, Mr. John O. Smith, for example. But uh, in running backs, for, <laughs> he, they, as soon as free agency opened, uh, Miami went and got Chase Edmonds. Like it was, it was one of the first signings that I remember there. Uh, and I think, again, with you having the San Francisco um, – kind of mindset coming over to Miami when it comes to running backs, I think you're going to see uh, Chase Edmonds be used quite a lot, and I think it's a, a nice value pick to be able to have there. So, again, in the 12th round, you have the chance of potentially uh, getting the RB1 on a what is going to be decent decent uh, offense. I'm excited about it.
0: I mean, let me just list the guys that went in front of him. Corderell Patterson. We don't even know. I mean, he's never really been a running back, so we don't even know if he's playing running back this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, James Robinson coming off a torn Achilles competing with Travis Etienne. Devin Singletary, who just got replaced. Zamir White, who may eventually, maybe, kind of, sort of replace Josh Jacobs. Ramondre Stevenson. We still don't know what's going on with him. Michael Carter, who just got replaced. And Alexander Madison, who has been the forever premium handcuff. I mean, Chase Edmonds... Like there's some real upside here. And that's that was my strategy in general was once we have a few core pieces in place, use all these extra picks to shoot for upside. Because all I need is a couple of these things to pan out for this to be a monster team for year one and two. So curling around at the 13-1, I took a player that Mike and I for at least a year have been saying is undervalued in these drafts. Mike, tell the people who came off the board.
2: Totally, man. My boy, Jacoby Myers. I, I love this dude. I just think that like... He does not flash. Nothing about him, athletically, you know, speed, his size or anything like that, necessarily flashes out to you. But Mac Jones, I want to say probably it has to had to have targeted him over a hundred times last year, and they just signed to his uh, his tender, and they're looking to possibly work out a long-term deal as well. I think it's no joke. I think that the Patriots sometimes find these guys that were underappreciated by other teams. And he seems like he's become a leader amongst our wide receiver room. So getting him in the 13th round, especially in PPR leagues, he can be just a great flex option. He's never going to give you, um, you know, the flashy, flashy weeks, really necessarily. I mean, I know that people were waiting on him forever to score his first touchdown, but (laughs) give me Jacoby Myers in the 13th all day long.
0: 126 targets last year, number 16 in the league in receptions. Like 13th round, all day long so this podcast is free for all the listeners because we did not deliver it in less than 30 minutes so let's have some fun um made sure that I really locked down the Patriots passing game with my next pick Hunter Henry at the 13-3 all the way at the end of the 14th round I took Tyler Algier who I still think could definitely push Corderell Patterson for touches Mm -hmm. another kind of upside running back there 15-1 Curtis Samuel again just mm. a couple years ago he was going in the like seventh eighth yeah. nine round to these startups so and then of course gentlemen S- traded back up you got thank her. you to Sebastian for letting me do this <laughs> he said he knew I was going to take this player so he was cool <laughs> with the trade up Rashad Penny off the board of the fifteen three. and I want to do a little thought experiment here because if the artist formerly known as Kenneth Walker put up a five to six game stretch at any point this year, like Rashad Penny did last year, he would be going in the top two rounds of startups next year. No question asked. Yep. Absolutely no question asked. So as a former poker player, I'm, I'm going for the gut shot straight draw here, right? <laughs> like there's just one pass, just this one card to complete what I need. Rashad Penny, unfortunately, I mean, Chris Carson's injuries sound really serious. Yeah, like I have no idea if that guy is gonna play again. Very sad. And now it's just Rashad Penny and Ken Walker. Ken Walker. And I'm not sure that in 2022, <laughs> Ken Walker is a better running back than a full healthy season of Rashad Penny. I'm just, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not hundred percent sure.
1: I'd and say again, it's worth the gamble? You, you don't have to be sure with this risk that you're baking it 15th round. Come on. Actually, the, the, Kenneth Walker that went of at the at, end
0: of, the start of the 5th round.
1: Yeah. It's it's interesting. And again, uh, it's it's off season. There's a lot of coach speak and hype and, and all that stuff, but uh early uh, reports with the OTAs is Kenneth Walker's a little bit out of shape. He's definitely not hitting his full stride. He's out with some he's missed some stuff due to some minor injuries. Um no shade to him, but that's not going to get you on the field early uh against uh Rashad Penny there. So to be able to, again, you probably have invested in what could be the cheapest RB1 on a team uh, going into this next season. Long term, who the heck knows? Uh, Very, uh, very murky when it goes from there. But as you said, if you're looking to have one silver bullet that could potentially fire in the right direction here, Rashad Penny's a great investment to make.
0: Thank you. I mean, as as our mascot of the show, I could not leave this draft without him. And the asymmetrical upside of all these picks, I mean, there's a couple of the guys on the board that I like here, but I mean, he might have the most asymmetrical upside in this part of the draft. So I will rapid fire through the next couple because they are not as, I mean, they're exciting, but they're not as exciting as the first half of the draft. Uh, Adam Troutman at the 17-1, kind of love that. Mm Paris Campbell, oh my God, stay on the field, Paris Campbell, and we will have some fire on our hands. Love Paris Campbell. Really ultra locked down the Patriots passing game that cornered (laughs) the tight end market. Jonu Smith at the 21-2, and I took Dan's former first-round rookie love, Jalen Rager. And Dan, I would not do you dirty, with that Antonio Gibson clip. I feel like lately I've been springing a lot of clips on you guys that make you look bad. (laughs) I would not do you that dirty on this show with that Gibson clip without queuing up a little something for myself. So I'm (laughs) going to let a ghost from the past announce who I picked in the 24th round. And I just want to point it out to the people. I'm not saying that Tyler Johnson is Jerry Rice. I'm not saying that he's Terrell Owens, but I'm saying that there's a chance I love when these are taken out of context because that one sounds really, really, really bad. That's
1: fantastic. That is fantastic. Tyler Johnson. Ugh. So there you go. One one point Sheesh. for you, Dan. I, I always got your back. My, man. My uh, man.
0: Tyler Johnson, the 24th round. Our boy, former Exeter superstar, Hunter Ooh. Long in the 25th round. And I could not let this draft conclude. I got the last pick in the draft without snagging. Hall of Famer. Honda Civic of the running backs in the NFL, the Invincible, the Immortal, recently retired, first ballot Hall of Famer. Gentlemen, let's get a salute up, Mr. Frank Gore.
2: The man Frank Gore. And
0: and that's the team, boys. Let's go, well, that's let's the team. go.
2: <laughs> Very nice. I'm surprised nice. that Frank Gore is still on Sleepers uh servers. It, was it was it recently, hey. technically, that he retired? They should just keep them on forever as a meme. Just just keep them there forever.
0: (laughs) It takes a while for them to wipe people. Um, Some of my favorite picks when I knew – I couldn't trade picks away and other rookie drafts mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I had to name a Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Peyton Hillis has mm, been in there for ah, a while. Yes. <laughs> he was recently scrubbed out of the, the database. <laughs> uh, Marshawn Lynch is also one of my favorites Solid. that's been hanging around. Solid. I think he's gone though. I think he's uh, gone. I
1: honestly, I think, I think they've slowly taken those stars away from us on the the sleep wrap now, unfortunately. Damn. But all right,
0: boys, well, I'm going to put you both on the hot seat. Mike, oh. You're in plenty of leagues. You've seen a lot of drafts. You can see this team I got here from an A to an F. Let's give me a grade on this draft right here.
2: I will give you a big old B+. Plus. I Love think it. I think that you got some good value and you accrued draft picks, future draft picks along the way trading back. And the more uh, more dynasty I play, the more I realize that, you know, that can be the place, particularly in startups, when you don't really know how things are going to shake out that first year
0: love it thank you sir i should have mentioned that i also have acquired an additional 2023 first for next year to go along with this team so dan lay it on me buddy no mercy
1: yeah no that's uh, i i think i was probably gonna put it at a beep plus with a wavering b how some news shakes out here right because i think right now as is with what the news is like deshaun watson that could go south on you a little bit. I think Antonio Gibson, another you know, one, might go a little bit south on you, but but I think overall a B plus because I really do think what you got in the uh, draft capital to supplement that, and then just getting these multiple swings, uh, I'm I'm all for it. So I think in general, what I do think we just want to return back to the top of the show is like that trade back strategy really utilize it when you can play around with it. If you haven't before, I shouldn't say you do it every single time because every draft is a little different, but I've always liked you've used the term, let other people make the mistakes in front of you and see who, what falls to you, uh, to you for, in terms of value. I love that because as you, we can always kid, there's plenty of other picks along the way where it was a little bit of a head scratch. Like, man, they took that person here. It's wild. Everyone has their different values. Uh, So if you can maximize the opportunity at more at bats and just hope that better values fall to you, I love that strategy. And it's one I personally think I'm going to uh, be implementing in some of my future drafts as well, because it's always so hard. You want that first round pick. You want to smash that uh, that uh, that draft button on that first round because it's a first round. But if it could be really fun to smash the draft button three times in a row in the third right? So it's to be able to do that instead, uh, can really help you insulate some value, uh, and defer some of the risk. So overall, I think it's a cool strategy. I think you pulled it off. Well, B plus.
0: Love it. You guys are going to look very silly with those B pluses when this team's in the championship. And I can tell you, I can tell you who we're going to be facing. Okay. I will not, I will not say his sleeper name, but there is a player in this draft. I don't think he has a single pick into the future. Okay, I'm not lying. The 2025 picks are already gone too. Oh my god, <laughs> the most win now team I have ever seen in my entire life. So this is who I'll play and beat in the championship. His team is in order that they were drafted: Cooper Cup, Devonte Adams, Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Carson Wentz Calvin Ridley makes no sense for a win now team I'm confused by that one John Mechie Jarvis Landry Benny Snell Miles Gaskin Braxton Barris did I pick the right team yeah I did yeah yep that's him all right he's gonna have to make some free agency picks because he definitely did not make enough draft picks in this draft but that's who we're gonna beat in the championship this year (laughs) all right that is the most the
2: oldest most win now team I've ever seen in my life (laughs) I like definitely the most win now team I've ever seen (laughs) right you only live
0: one life go win your dynasty league. exactly
1: (laughs) i love it all
0: right well this was fun boys and i know we're cooking up some other stuff for the summer uh over the you know that's going to be just awesome awesome stuff moving forward um so don't want to tease it too much but we will get the people excited but getting out of here for today this is the dynasty dynamic you stay classy dynasty leaguers
1: thanks for tuning in milk was a
2: bad choice